If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Welcome to another episode of the Daniel 3 Podcast. This is Jacob Daniel, your host. Uh, This is episode 91, and uh, I've been going at it already for an hour and a half over on uh, my third podcast because, you know, I'm just, I'm the ultra mega libertarian because, you know, it's not good enough to have one podcast. You need to have three and also be a co-host or regular recurring guest on at least three more. So, you know, I... I collect podcasts like Pokemon cards. What can I say? But I was just over with our uh, guest for tonight on the Take Human Action Pennsylvania podcast uh, done by the Pennsylvania Mises Caucus. And so our conversation is going to kind of pick up sort of at the end of where that conversation ended. So if you haven't watched that, you know, after this one's done, definitely go check that one out because it's a really good conversation. This conversation is definitely going to veer more into the overlap that we have in terms of our religious views and going a bit more into the cultural stuff and less the political stuff. Before we get to that, though, of course, we have to do our sponsor, which is Rabbit Eye Blueberry Wine. If Jesus was walking the earth today and turning water into wine, it would, of course, be delicious Rabbit Eye Blueberry Wine, which is made by my good friend Will Bell down in Georgia, fellow Meacock, and... Uh, co-host of the Capitalist Communion over on Reed Coverdale's show, Naturalist Capitalist. So, yeah, you know, rabbiteyewine.com if you want to check that out and support a libertarian small business. So, uh, sponsor out of the way. Uh, Tonight's guest is returning to the show, but for a much different conversation than we had the first time he was on the show. Uh, Gosh, I forget how long ago that was. Uh, but let's bring him up now and let's get into it. Uh, it's my good friend Torin. Torin, how you doing tonight? I'm good. I was on that podcast and uh, yeah, that was a that was a good conversation. Marathon, the good one. And you yeah. sure? Are you sure? Are you sure it's ultra mega libertarian or, and not ultra maga libertarian? Right. Yeah, no, that's right. I guess because I'm a me I'm a, I'm a meacock, so yeah, it's ultra maga, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, yeah, yeah. that the, the little tangent. I. 
people don't understand. Like when people go with the whole like, you know, oh you're a you're a Mises caucus guy, like you're a Republican. It's like, dude, I voted for Hillary Clinton in twenty sixteen because <laughs> of how much I hated Trump. Like not like gosh. Anyway. It's I mean, I voted silly. for Gary Johnson because of how much I hated yeah. Trump. <laughs> Which might be worse. I don't know. I mean, yeah. And Gary he's Johnson, better. Yeah, Gary he's better Johnson and Bill Weld endorsed Hillary Clinton. So, you know, yeah, there you true. go. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> what's the saying like a vote for a libertarian is a vote for a i don't know i forget the exact it's just throwing your vote away yeah, right yeah something like that oh but, yeah uh, yeah so this is uh your second time on this show though the first time you were on we talked about don't tread on philly and yeah you were in a different part of your journey and stuff so maybe for it's been a little bit of while so maybe reintroduce yourself briefly just a little bit of your bio background and yeah. uh what it is you do yeah, so I think we talked, uh, gosh, it's got to be coming up on a year ago. I think it was. That's what I thought. It was kind of close to a year, or I think it was like January or February we I talked, th- I think. I think it was right after the new year because yeah. things were kind of getting ramped up here with Don't Tread on Philly. Um, I started an organization called Don't Tread on Philly. Uh, it was an offshoot of a LP Mises Caucus project. Um, I'd been involved at the time, I'd only been involved with the party for about uh, four or five months. Um, had been politically homeless for a long time, grew up, uh, grew up a Christian, uh, very kind of fundamental Christian right, uh, you know, GOP fan uh, in my pre-college days. And then just got kind of disillusioned, disenchanted over time, and then was just homeless for a long time until the, uh, until the lockdowns hit. And uh, honestly thought the lack of, lack of messaging from the Libertarian Party was an absolute joke. Um, did not think anything good of the Libertarian Party uh, after all of 2020. But then I heard, heard about the Mises Caucus, and they were hardcore messaging against the lockdowns and all that stuff. Heard they needed help here in PA and figured, well, you know, why not just be another body showing up to help them? So I got involved and <laughs> quickly uh, kind of, you know, I, I never do, uh, I never like to do half measures. I always kind of dive in deep. And so it got real quick, was involved at Don't Tread on Philly. Vax mandates came down here in um, December of last year, almost a year ago to the date. It might be a year ago to the date. I don't remember. I don't really care to remember. I don't want to know. Those were dark days. Um, but started Don't Try on Philly. We were protesting, fighting against the Vax mandates. Got on the show to kind of talk about that. Um, at the time, it was pretty much just going Don't Tread on Philly. I was in this really weird place in life because uh, October of last year, I had um, – I'd come out as trans, and uh, one of the first times I ever talked to Jacob, it was it was as Audrey, um, and I don't even I don't remember if I went by Audrey on that show or not. We actually talked about it beforehand because I was like, you had just done it, yeah, and I was like, so, and, and like, do you do you want to go by Audrey or what should? Because like I was uncomfortable because like yeah. I wanted to talk to you about the Don't Tread on Philly stuff, and we had talked a little bit over some Facebook posts about your. Yeah your you know experience so far in transitioning and whatnot and you know i was trying to like just just love you where you were at while also like you know kind of like delicately plant seeds of like you know i hope this is something that you come through and find out if it's right for you or not and uh i think you from my memory i think you told me because you were still i think you were like i'm still presenting more uh, masculine so just call me Torin for now yeah so probably you were you were pretty gracious about it um but by the way i do have to just quickly highlight that uh our our madam chair 
uh, dropped in to say hi, and I just wanted to give her oh. a quick congratulations again. Yes, congrats. Got, yeah, uh, I was reading her Facebook post about uh, her, her birth journey today, and uh, sounded like it was a bit of an adventure, and I've been there four times with my wife, and uh, yeah, I can sympathize with a lot of what she went through. It's, uh, um, but I hope she's a you know good libertarian and hasn't uh, picked a very good gender neutral name for their child for, for her for a child and is you know waiting for the cues of what uh you know what. <laughs> hopefully <laughs> what, she hasn't done a gender. Thing. Hopefully she's waited. She won't do a, a gender reveal for at least another like five years. Right, right. At least, yeah. So. What do you do? Like, you, you, is it is it like uh, you you put the, the female toys and the boy toys in front, and like whatever one they pick, it's just like oh, I guess that's. <laughs> it's like the octopus that predicts the World Cup matches. <laughs> it goes in. It's got like the the golf balls and the tank, and the octopus goes and says, "Oh, England's gonna win." <laughs> you could oh, do gosh. that with gender. It's like, oh, the the octopus picked picked the blue one, so it's a boy. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't know either. It's it's really tough. You know, it was funny on the end of the last stream, Calvin was talking about how his social views used to be more on the left. And, and you know, mine did, too. You know, I was a former former Democrat, former Bernie bro. And I think the only social issue I didn't really kind of have lockstep with the left was abortion. That's just like one thing from my conservative upbringing that I never shook. I was always anti-abortion. Um, now, I was... When I was a Democrat, I had a more libertarian take. I was, like, vehemently against abortion morally, but I didn't think the government should get involved. So, you know, I, I kind of was allowed to fit in in the Democrat circles, but they were, you know, uh, they'd be like, oh, he's a Christian and he's pro-life, but it, but not really pro-life. And so I was I was I was a bit of a <laughs> bit of a misfit um, in in those circles. But other than that, I mean, I kind of had a woke phase. I remember going around and you know being offended by people's jokes and comments and i remember like being at work and telling people like you know who crack a joke like that's 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 racist you need to you need to you know rethink your life and and how offensive you are and and just doing that whole charade and whatnot and um you know i used to go back into the i used to go back into the bible and do terrible uh what's known as like eisegesis like i used to just like twist the scripture however i could to fit my belief system so like i made the arguments for why god was pro uh homosexuality i made arguments for why god wanted you to be vegan because i was also a radical vegan back then <laughs> true story go google my name jacob winograd and vegan and you will still find this like long incoherent article i wrote for a vegan group back when i think in like 2016 or 2017 when i was still uh no i think it was earlier than that that's yeah, about 2016 when i was get still a radical go kill and eat yeah <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah i i've come a long way it, it, it a little <laughs> bit of whiplash sometimes i wake up and go hmm nothing you know five years ago i was in a very different place in my life <laughs> which you uh, know but you've you seem to have gone through a lot more uh uh uh, ups and downs yourself and we, we talked about it on the last stream i don't really want to make you do the long version of it again but just for my listeners who didn't hop on that stream um and who who maybe don't know uh you want to give like a quick summary in terms of your journey through uh your experience in terms of uh gender dysphoria transitioning and then detransitioning and, and sort of uh we'll go from there 
Yeah. Um, I, I'll try to, I'll try to keep, I'll try to give you the, I hate to ask you to do it again, but it's just like, <laughs> no, it, it's fine. I've, I've had, you know, I kind of used to talking about it now. Um, and I don't, I don't mind it. I'm not ashamed of it. Um, I think, you know, had I gone through this a few years ago, I think I'd be very ashamed, but now it's just like, oh man, I made a mistake. Uh, I got to own it and I, I want to help people. I want, uh, I want to share my story and hopefully it's a story of hope. Amen. Um, yeah, I so as I said, I grew up uh, very kind of fundamentalist, right, Christian, um, obviously very social conservative. Uh, yeah, you know, I kind of had a secret growing up, and that's from, you know, the youngest, the youngest I can remember is I had this discomfort, and uh, you know, did I did I hate myself? Did I hate the fact that I was a boy or a man? Uh, no, um, especially not early on. Uh, but I also had this really kind of odd curiosity. I think it was more, I mean, I know a lot of kids have a lot of different odd curiosities, but for me, it was, it was a little bit deeper than that, where it's just like, man, I, gosh, I really wish I was the other sex. I wish I was a girl. Um, I wish I was a woman um, as I got older. And it was just, it was just odd because in some ways I, I felt uh, in some ways comfortable with myself growing up. And it was like I was at the, I had this, I, you know, hitting like adolescence. It was, it was a really weird time because on one hand, you know, being like attracted to women, uh, yet I also grew up in a very fundamentalist, like oh, sex is kind of bad uh, sort of uh, uh, thing Lights too. Lights off, missionary, in between the sheets. Yep. Don't make eye contact. <laughs> I wasn't even taught that much. Um, <laughs> it was, it was just like, yeah, girls are bad. Um, which, yeah. I mean, who knows? Uh, but it also just like envy, uh, I had envy too. Um, just very much envious of, of girls growing up. And, and I'd kind of gotten to this place in life where, um, I was a Christian missionary at one point. I was a Southern Baptist missionary of all things. Uh, I've never actually identified as Southern Baptist. Um, I don't think I ever would. I do have wonderful friends who are Southern Baptist, so I don't want to speak too bad about it. Uh, but I just have some staunch disagreements and, and had, uh, really negative experience with the Southern Baptist as well. Uh, but when I was a Southern Baptist missionary, I was actually kind of finding some freedom, some inner freedom, uh, starting to sort of believe in liberty and, and personal autonomy and learning how that fits sort of under God's rule and was finding this identity of myself and starting to realize like, actually, God, God made me a gifted human being in a lot of ways. I have my downfalls. I have my struggles. There's this dirty secret that I don't want to tell anybody that I've struggled with, but actually, Hey, um, now that I'm sort of finding my purpose, I, I'm totally cool with being a man. Uh, unfortunately that was when I was like 22, 23, you know, brain still forming and all that and went through some serious abuse at the hands of the Southern Baptists. I won't dive too much into that story. Uh, but that sent me on a spiral. Um, it was just, a, it was an ugly spiral. And I had come home from Southeast Asia, had gotten married in 2014, but that was at the same time as when the trans rights movement was picking up steam in America. You had Orange is the New, is the New Black with Laverne Cox. You had uh, Kristen Beck, the, uh, the trans warrior princess from the U.S. Navy SEALs. You had, uh, you know, Caitlyn Jenner. Um, all of these figures celebrated. And, and what do you know, uh, Kristen Beck turns out um, is now once again going by Chris Beck, and he had ceased his transition uh, seven years ago, 
uh, which I wish I would have known, but he just came out publicly with that several days ago in a, in a bombshell interview with Robbie Starbuck. I haven't watched it, but I've seen a lot of reactions from people that I trust and they're like, oh my gosh, this is nuts. But anyways, I was just, I was kind of sucked into it. I was sucked into the ideology. Um, there was a big part of me that really believed in that identity that I used to had have fostered. But when you go through abuse, especially, especially spiritual abuse and emotional abuse, it, it cuts at the core of your identity. Um, it cuts at the core of your relationship with God. I mean, I remember standing in showers at night being like, God, do you love me? Do you love me? If, if Like, how could I have gone through this mm. if you love me? How could I struggle with these desires if you love me? Do you love me? And eventually I just felt like I wasn't getting answers and I just spiraled. Um, eventually three years, three and a half years into marriage, um, my wife left and this was five years ago. Um, we haven't even talked in four and a half years now. Um, and that, that, that is the hardest thing, um, to deal with right now. I, I am beyond broken, um, through that brokenhearted, but I'm, I'm grateful for what, you know, um, I said this at the end of the last stream, I'm, I'm blessed. I'm not, I'm not happy or, or don't wish that I went through that, what I went through, um, but I will say that I think I'm blessed to have gone through it because I didn't go as I, I'm blessed to have gone through it and not gone as far as I could have. Hmm. Um, because now I have a story and I think I've got a story of hope. And so what ended up happening is she left in 2017. Um, we haven't talked since 2018. Um, I think the last email we even exchanged was like 2020. I was broken. Um, you know, COVID was horrendous. I, I bought into this lie. Uh, you know, you go online and, and all the trans rights activists are like, Oh, you have these thoughts. Well, that means you're a woman or you have these thoughts. That means you're a boy. No, no, no man actually wants to and fixates on wanting to be the opposite sex. Like no man does these things. Like there's this whole thing. I won't even mention the name of it where it's like, well, what if you, you, what if you make your base assumption that you're actually trans? instead of the basic assumption that you're, that you're, um, that you're not and have to prove that you're trans and all of this stuff is so alluring. And you, you, these people, they, they're influencers, they make these Instagram accounts, they tell their stories and it's just all fluff. It's like, Oh my gosh, life is just so great. It's wonderful. And I'm finally living my true self and I'm finally who I'm supposed to be. If, if you don't do this, like you're just going to keep spiraling. You might eventually commit suicide. You're going to be miserable if you don't transition. I mean, literally the only, the only picture painted for somebody struggling with gender dysphoria was that you have to transition. And what I like to, and I'll, I'll share this analogy because I shared it last time. Uh, the way I like to describe gender dysphoria is uh, it's a real thing. People actually deal with it. I've dealt with it. Um, it's 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 a pain um but it's not like a root call it's not like there, there's no scientific evidence of it being they, they haven't found the cause of it they, they, they they'll the trans activists will say oh these these studies or they think trans women have the brains of women no no it's actually it's all garbage it's it's that those studies are beyond discredited discredited um but for what i to me what it is it's, it's this pain and it's like think about it if you break your leg 
um, and you break it bad. Your, your bone, the bone is sticking out of your leg. It is some of the, I mean, I've, I've broken bones. I've broken my collarbone. I had my thumb slammed in a steel door and it, and it severed the tendon in my thumb. I, my thumb was stuck like this. I pick it up and the, that, that pain was horrific. Um, uh, and since, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a man, I'm not a woman, so I don't know what childbirth feels like. So, uh, <laughs> uh I don't know. I say, say that's the worst try. That's the worst pain in the world. Uh, I guess men would say the worst pain is a kidney stone. I haven't had one of those, but the thing about it is like that bad, but it's like an existential pain. Um, but pain is always caused by something. And what, what sort of the trans rights and the, the, all that hasn't attacked is like, what's the cause? And so the pain, the pain's there, but it's, it's caused by something. It's caused by the broken leg. And so what transition does is it, it's like the morphine to that pain. It makes it feel good. Um, it makes the pain go away. And so when I decided to transition, I was on hormones for, I mean, in total about a, almost a year and a half. Uh, I was on them for about six months before I came out publicly. It it made things it made feel, things feel a lot better. I didn't struggle with gender dysphoria when I was on hormones. There was awkwardness and there was weird stuff like the first time I came on the podcast, but I wasn't feeling that pain of gender dysphoria. But I, I quickly um, I noticed I was getting a lot of love, a lot of accolades, and a lot of things. I was thinking about running for mayor here in Philly. Um, I had gotten an award for with the Mises Caucus for Issue Coalition and Don't Tread on Philly at the national convention. Like I, I was being celebrated as a human, not as a trans person, but just as a human. I had plenty of friends at work and elsewhere here in the city that celebrated me as a human or as a trans person specifically. Um, but I was still broken. Like there was something still broken. Like that leg was still broken and I needed more and more morphine. And it was getting to the point where I was thinking, okay, so what's my next steps? Like, do I need some sort of surgeries or like what's going on? Um, but I just got to this point where I, I, it suddenly hit me one day. I was, I was, I, I remember at one point I had, had prayed and I said, God, if you don't want me to do this, do something to wake me up that I can't deny it. And I'll go back. And I had a dream one, one night. I won't share it. I won't share what the dream was, but I woke up in a cold sweat because it, I, it suddenly it hit me like, oh my God, I might have given up everything that I truly wanted for a lie. Mm. And I was kind of in a, in turmoil for a couple of weeks and in a couple of weeks, I'm, I'm literally, I'm, I'm laying in my bathtub, just like depressed, anxious, crying out to God, like, help me. Why do I feel this way? And suddenly it hit me like, why do I hate myself? Why don't I, why do I hate who I am? Why do I have this intense self-rejection that I feel like I need to run and be someone else? Like my wife really did love me. And why could she see something in me that I couldn't? Why does the Mises caucus see something in me that I can't? Why did people at my work see something in me that I can't? What is it? Like, what is it? And suddenly it just hit me. Well, I, I just have this self-hatred, this self-rejection um, that is clouding everything. And when I stopped and thought about it and said, hold on, what if I chose not to hate myself? 
that was like putting the cast on my leg. That was like putting the steel plate on my leg. It was actually addressing the underlying cause of my gender dysphoria. And with that, when you start to actually heal the broken limb, the pain starts to diminish. It doesn't mean it automatically goes away. It doesn't go away overnight. You know, you might still be having some lingering pains as time goes on. And I've, I've had that. It's been six months now since I, I decided to detransition. Um, and I still have lingering pains from time to time, but it, it, it slowly diminishes and it slowly starts going away. Now, if I don't pay attention, if I don't pay attention to my inner self and my body and actually, you know, do the work of loving my body, meaning treating it well, caring for it, eating well, exercising, those things, that self-hatred creeps up again. And guess what creeps up again with the self-hatred? The gender dysphoria. So yeah, that's kind of been my journey. And now I've been back just living as torn again for, um, yeah, about six months now. And, you know, I, I've, for the first time in 10 years, like that identity that I was starting to, it was 10 years ago in, in Southeast Asia and Malaysia that I was kind of fostering that identity. It's like for the first time in 10 years, I've got that back. For the first time in 10 years, I feel like I'm myself. Um, I'm embracing, embracing the masculine uh, parts of myself. I'm embracing the, the feminine parts. I mean, I'm digging the long, you know, styled colored hair. Like I'm kind of digging it. And, and with the, the fake gauge earrings, like I'm, I'm just digging that kind of thing right now. Um, and now it's like, gosh, I, I was always happy as a man. Always. I, I, I never wanted to be anything different. I never wanted to go down the routes that I did, but I was a broken, um, hurting individual that got caught up in a, in, in a lie that sold it as the, as the cure for, what was hurting yeah now the, the way i have heard it described by other detransitioners and, and and christians who've talked on the subject is that it's you know in a lot of ways it's a the false gospel it offers a false salvation it's a yeah. salvation through this sort of amalgamation of like cultural and medical interventions and you know a lot of it sort of like circles around this idea of identity which is something i wanted to talk to you tonight because we, yeah. we 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 hear this a lot in the the gender ideological camp um the idea that we are trying to affirm someone's identity and you know w what is an identity is is something that you know like as much as like so the cliche question going around oh, i wouldn't say it's cliche it's the common question going around right now is what is a woman which is kind of yep. like matt walsh's documentary which uh i watched i think it was you know pretty decent for what it was i i think that m more fundamental though a question that we should be asking especially as christians but also as libertarians also uh <laughs> ancillist <laughs> trolling us in the comments um <laughs> jacob you should be ashamed of yourself it's obvious torn is a trans woman struggling with her identity and you're taking adva uh, advantage of her to support your worldview turning this off now <laughs> it, you know it's it, it's funny like but that, that that really goes along with what i'm saying right like that is the the left the the gender cults response is that like your identity is your gender in a sense like and I don't, uh, it's hard for me to understand that. And the way I've always 
looked at it. And I remember having conversations. I think one of the first conversations I had with you uh, over a Facebook post was along these lines. And, and it was like, I understand, not like on a personal level, but I can, you know, intellectually understand the idea of having a dysphoria with your body and, and your sort of like uh, struggles along those lines. I didn't have it with, with gender. I remember being gaslit when I was in like elementary school and stuff by kids bullying me, trying to convince me I was uh, gay because I cared about my friends. It was really weird. It was like <laughs> I've always been someone who like yep. when I had friends, including like male friendships, like I, 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 I'm an emotional person. So I want to connect with them, you know, emotionally, including. And, and that was, you know, at least the scene I grew up in as a as a as a 90s kid. You know, the way you were supposed to behave with your male friends was like you like you didn't care about anything and emotions were weak and feminine. And so when I just displayed my natural emotional and, you know, maybe slightly feminine side, I kind of agree with what you said. I think we all have male and and female characteristics. It's not like a, uh, you know, no one is just 100 percent one thing or or the other. And there's a beautiful diversity in God's creation i think you know i i think of you know passages like first corinthians where you know paul says that there is no jew no no greek no uh slave or free no male nor female we're all one in christ jesus and i i i appreciate that i appreciate that masculinity and femininity not only exist within us they exist within god so those are things that are true and i think there is certainly a toxic element maybe sometimes that exists within maybe like evangelical conservative Christianity where it's just like, you know, things that you could describe as a toxic masculinity or toxic view in terms of assigning gender roles or, or or things like that. And uh, being too tyrannical along those lines. I, I want to acknowledge all that because it's true, but I think there's something along the idea of like your identity being wrapped up in, and we see this with gender or it's like your identity is your sexuality or your identity, your identity is your, 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 your gender or your, this other thing. And I struggle to come up with a different word for it other than it's almost like fetishizing mental illness along all these different lines, including like, I, I know people that like their entire personality is, I'm autistic or I'm ADHD or I'm, you know, I have depression and it's like, that's all. And it's like, and it's, I see a correlation between that and people who, um, not everyone, but a lot of people who are caught up in this gender movement where it's like, they make their entire identity around this. And I just don't, I don't understand it. Uh, So uh, what are your thoughts on that? Like what, what is, what is, what is happening there? And, and, you know, what what is identity if you were going to try to answer that question yeah uh i'm tracking with you i'm, I'm track i i think i i would say i don't have answers but i think you're tracking in the right direction um yeah. i would man i would say gender identity is bullshit um it's bullshit there there's it, it's there's no such thing um there's no there's no scientific evidence for it um it, it's it is a made-up thing the uh, gen- torn, the yeah. gen- gender uh, gender dysphoria is a real thing 
And so, yeah, you can craft an identity out of your gender dysphoria. So if you want to call your gender identity crafted out of your dysphoria, then sure. Um, but I think at least from especially a uh, um, from a biblical standpoint, I think you have to push it back against that because identity comes from, you know, man, man is made in the image of God. And what is what is God's identity? When Moses asks, you know, what what should I what what do I call you? And he says, I am that I, I am. am. Yeah. I just I am. I am that I am. You know, and Jesus says before Abraham was I am. Right. And that and, causes and just, the I love when he says that and they tear their robes because yeah, it's yeah, it's but people like don't like, like that is like the most blasphemous thing Jesus could have said, except it wasn't blasphemy because it was true. Yeah, that and well, there's an extension that I think you can make. I want to be careful not to say that we humans are therefore God, but we're made in the image of God. Right. So it's kind of, in, there's a sense, there is a sense that as we, we humans, we are what we are. Like I, Torin, am what I am as Torin. I just am who I am. I am who God made me to be. Um, I am a mixture of my genetics, my social conditioning, um, my friends, my family, all of the above. Like it's all part of me. Uh, my gender dysphoria is a part of me. It, it just is. I am who I am. Um, and that is as someone who was made in the image of the great I am. And it's, it's no, I mean, I think it's no, I don't think it's a coincidence that, you know, from the very beginning, it, it, it's always been a struggle of identity. Who are we? Who is God? Do we, you know, I've been listening. I don't know if you've uh, followed the Bible project at all. Um, it's a, it's just a series by a couple of Hebrew scholars that are they're talking about the Bible and they walk through the Bible. I've been walking through their series they did in 2022 on the Torah. And they got to this point in Exodus where God kind of reveals his name. And they said the whole thing with I am was that, you know, he was, he was the life source the reason why he said i am that i am was because he was the source he was the cause you know the their aristotelian logic is that you know no contingent nothing can can no, no contingent being can come into existence from um like that there has to be there has to be something that a contingent being comes into an existence from that isn't contingent it just always existed and God is that thing. And so he said, I am that I am. And it also ties back to his promises. Like, who am I as God? Who are you as my people? Like, I am that I am. I am the one who's always been with you, that made you, that sustains you, that delivers you, redeems you, um, heals you. And there's always been this battle of we as humans saying, well, I actually, I don't know. I don't know who God is. I don't know who I am. I want to be my own God. And that's, I think, part of where this whole gender identity thing comes up with. It's, yeah. it's I just, I'm human. I'm fallen. I want to be my own God. I want to have my own way. Yeah. Well, that's um, the original sin in the garden when the serpent yeah. says, eat this fruit and you will be like God. And, yeah. and being able to, to, to know right from wrong. And, and the context of that being like to know right and wrong, like, like to to defi to define what is right and wrong yourself, which is to usurp God, because He's the one who defines what is right and wrong. And and I, there's there's something like 
we, we talk about the, the, the whole identity thing and getting wrapped up in these like individual characteristics and making it, you know, th- their entire identity. And, it, and on the previous stream we did, you talked about like it's almost a, a radical or pathological individualism. Yeah. And we see this happen a lot where libertarians embrace this sort of like trans ideology because to them, like it, it seems like a natural fit. Like, like, well, we were the philosophy or the party of, of individual rights. And that includes the right to define your identity uh, and including your gender identity. And you can't be a good libertarian if you would tell people they can't uh, define their identity the way they they see fit, um, which, you know, so it's like I can kind of see the, the sort of arguments they make, and I, I think it it is an example of, you know, I, I, I think uh, sort of like what the Bible says, like, you know, everything has a, has a time and place, but things can be used in their goodly, godly contexts, and they can also be taken out of that and become pathological, and I think individualism when it's detached from that sort of like christian enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at betmgm sign up using code champion and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet when you register with betmgm you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features live betting options and the best daily promotions in the business and with betmgm at your fingertips every play and every game matters more than ever remember to use code champion and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Ethos can become this pathology that that just you know it, it spirals out of control into this self-deistic uh like secular religion of sorts yeah. where like it, you know and, and, in, and in some ways it's new and in some ways it's very ancient because it is just people elevating themselves above god you know making idols out of it's like it's like making an making um an idol out of their ability to act on every sinful whim that comes into their mind and I, and it's just it, this is where li- like true libertarianism to me uh can't go down that road because it's like i think the christian idea of like that you you're not I don't think you can really be free if you're a slave to sin. You know what I mean? Like freedom isn't just the and, and this is something that it's it's hard to talk about because these things get so like so much bad baggage because of the the evangelical Christian uh right who like I think have we talked about this before, like they have kind of the correct views but like the worst praxis for trying to like go out and 
push back against these things in the culture. It's like they 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 do it all wrong, and so I mean I'm I'm kind of rambling here a bit because like there's there's so many things I want to yeah. try to connect here, but I I think that, you know talk about that a little bit like the yeah you know how how you see it this like, like radical individualism and where libertarians are you know those are our folk like we're both libertarians yeah. but we're also both christians and we know like there's you know yes we are individuals but there's there it's not it's like i think people to, to steel man the the critique i think some libertarians think it's tyrannical or anti-libertarian to have nature or some cosmic entity that would define who you are <laughs> and usurp your ability to define yourself yeah. like what, 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 what's the response to that at least in how you would put it well i would um i would say yes i agree this is all these are all great questions and again uh, i'm very much tracking with what you're saying thinking along the same lines i would i would try to reframe it um, I would try to take it away from the kind of sin and righteousness, uh, you know, the, the judgment aspect of things and, and look at it more from a, a suffering aspect. Because, mm. yeah, there is a there is a sense of like, oh, yeah, live and let live. Um, or there is even I mean, you can pull a, take a verse out of context and say, you know, not all things are, you know, all things are permissible, but not all is beneficial. Um, you could you could go you can make a lot of justifications and a lot of things. Um, and, and yeah, there are a lot of people who do take this, uh, it's, it's really easy to go into, um, it's really easy to, to go online, look up a few hashtags and find all the people that are just, it's all about glorifying themselves. It is terrible. It's not good. Um, and yeah, it's like, yeah, what, what do I do with this? Uh, my pastor gave a great sermon the other day. He was talking about Rahab um, and uh, the spies going into Jericho. In, in, in Rahab, uh, Rahab was a prostitute. God used the prostitute. And and it doesn't say that she changed her ways. It said she was welcome in the, into the family of God. It doesn't say anything about whether or not she changed her ways. Christians got to deal with that. Um, how do you deal with this? Is it glorifying prostitution? No, <laughs> it's absolutely not. But God used the prostitute. And one of the things that he kind of talked about is like, well, okay, so well, how do we deal with sin? How, how do we deal with it? Um, and I, I, was, I was reading something recently. I've been reading a lot of Dallas Willard. Um, he wrote The Divine Conspiracy, a brilliant book. It's, it's what reclaimed, helped me reclaim my faith. And then I was reading a follow-up to that, The Renovation of the Heart, uh, also amazing. Um, one of the things he said at the end of The Renovation of the Heart is that you know, humans, humans ultimately don't choose their beliefs. We don't actually choose our beliefs or desires. Uh, it, those come out of us regardless of our choice. Now we can, can we can cultivate choice. We can cultivate beliefs and desires. We can spend time with God, cultivate them. Um, but ultimately we don't choose whether or not we believe. I mean, even, even C.S. Lewis had the famous story of him getting in the sidecar, not a believer Then he, got out and he was and he didn't make the choice it just flipped um and so there's this aspect of we as christians needing to not so much like a not look at it in judgment like we would typically want to like oh you've got to change your ways 
yeah, there's some things that you can do to, like you said earlier, like plant some seeds and, you know, just love and, and help direct, but ultimately it's gotta be God who, who changes. Yes. And Amen. here's the, but here's the other thing is, is there, there are a lot of people um, where this whole thing isn't necessarily this narcissistic, uh, just blind hedonism. It's, oh yeah, I it's, agree. I, yeah. I mean, yeah, I have my own narcissistic tendencies. I have my own hedonistic, hedonistic tendencies, just like all humans do. Um, mine bit me in the ass more than others, maybe just in the, the pathways I went down, but I was also trying to, to deal with pain. Yes. Like I had that, I had that leg that was broken and it was like that. I think, I think had culture not gone the way that it did, had the things in my life not, had they not gone the way they did, I think I could have dealt with that broken leg um, without those shots of morphine. Um, but it didn't, but it didn't. And I, I mean, I lost trust. I lost faith. I made choices and I have to live with those choices. I do. Um, I, I, I have to live with those choices. I'm a 33 year old man. I'm, I'm old enough and to, 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 to take responsibility, but I was also groomed. Uh, I was also groomed into thinking there was that morphine was a good thing that I just needed to keep pumping it into my body to take care of that pain. Well, you that, know what's funny is like when you were on the last stream, you used that same expression, like yep. you, know, you were groomed and adults can be groomed. And I just kept thinking like, yeah, you know, like the enemy does sort of groom us. Yep. I mean, he uses our, our sinful desires and stuff and, 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 you know, grooms us and like, you know, like persuades us into thinking like, oh, if we go down this road, like it, you know, we're enticed with all the good things we think that we're going to get if we go, if we go down it. And, yeah. and, I, and I agree. I think a lot of people, I, I think it's like the, the culture, again, there's some people that do this, but I think it's more the culture that sort of is hedonistic and self-deistic and, and yep. pleasure seeking. But I do think that a lot of people i think are just like what you're describing like they're they're doing this out of pain yeah. and trying to alleviate a real pain and i have a real empathy for that and 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 it it's you know to me it's like it's i'd never really like to talk about sin in terms of like judgment because that belongs to god yeah. but i do like to talk about sin in terms of the consequences of sin yeah. which which are death and and i don't think it's death because it's a I don't view God as like you sinned and I'm killing you. I think God's saying like, no, your sin is killing you. Yeah. Your yeah. sin is bringing yeah. is bringing death and destruction and suffering and pain into your life because it it separates us from God and it takes us down the wrong path. It takes us down paths that aren't good for us. And God yeah. knows that, and He wants what He He wants what's best for us. He wants us to to thrive and to grow um, and to. I mean, like any good father, he wants to see his children grow up and yeah. stand on their own two feet and, and to, to to be in communion with him. So it's like we never I never want to talk about sin, whether it's any sin, including, uh, you know, people who are struggling with gender identity in, in those terms. And it's always like difficult trying to thread that needle of like wanting to stand on truth without 
condemning people in a way that's like I don't want to, uh, you know, people already in pain. I yeah. I don't need to beat them down more than they already probably are internally feeling beaten down. It's like I want to offer them a lifeline. I want to say, you know what, you're trying to escape your pain. Yeah. But the the only way you're going to escape your pain isn't by embracing a freedom uh to go deeper into the your sin. It's rather to find freedom from your sin, which can only come through Christ. And I, I agree with what you said. Like I can't do that for you. It's like I it's like people that get into these arguments and stuff with people, whether it's over transgender ideology or uh, homosexuality or any other sinful lifestyle. It's like you're not going to debate someone out of their struggle. Yeah. It's like they, yeah. they have to go through that and they have to come to Christ on their own. And I think it is more, like you said, I think it's more, I think it's much more Christ coming to us and, uh, and, and, and rescuing us. But I think sometimes it's like we, you know, I, I think people have to go through, it, it sounds cliche, but like you kind of have to go through a journey because yeah. I think, you know, like, and you've said it yourself, like, I think you are in a very unique position now. And I think, you know, now God, God didn't cause the suffering that happened to you, but God foreknew it would happen and acted in ways that he used what the enemy intended for evil in your life. And he's he's turning it for good. And I think it, it's, you know, a, a, as a friend who's just watching, been watching you go through this it's just like i mean it it, it honestly brings me to, to tears i remember talking to my wife after one of the conversations we had and i was just like just like like weeping with tears of joy just like at like knowing like just like hearing you talk about like this burden that's been lifted off of you and not that you don't you know every we all we all we're all still fallen so we all still struggle but to to hear that that you you've you come so far from where you are and and it and it um and then to be in the position that you're in to go after others who like you know you can go to people now and go listen i i was you you know what i mean like yeah. i've been there i can you, you know you it's like you got god uh just like he did with joseph when his brothers committed that great evil to them you know it's like he he puts us in positions where we can do more good because of the suffering we went through and it's and it's it's not a display of god ordaining evil but rather it's a display of god ordaining over good yeah. and, and 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 conquering evil and it's just i mean it's 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 an amazing testimony and i i think um you know what 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 do you do when you i mean we talked a little bit about this on the last stream but like what 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 can like what do you do and also like what would what can we do better as um you know more specifically here like christians you know because i think you and i agree that they they miss the mark and i think the problem is there's just these topics aren't talked about enough and so you get a lot of people who do the wrong thing and then like a lot, a lot of people who are just like they know not to do the wrong thing but they don't know what to do so they don't do anything which I don't, which obviously isn't good either. So what, what can we do, um, you know, to love on people who are going through these struggles to help, uh, help them along their journey towards trying to show them that the true deliverance from their pain isn't 
what the world has to offer, but what Calvary has to offer. Yeah. Um, I appreciate everything you said. Um, it, it, it means a lot because yeah, it's, it's been a journey and it's one, like I said, I, I'd rather not have this. Um, but if it, if it helps give people hope and I've had people reach out to me uh, privately and it's like, man, I'm glad I had this story. I glad, I glad I have another option. And I think that's what we, I think that's what you have to do. And I, and I'd say this, I mean, I'd say this, whether it's from a Christian perspective or a libertarian perspective, we have to, we have to offer a third way. We can't, we can't either condemn nor, nor affirm. Um, both ways lead to this. It's a false condemnation and affirmation is they're a false binary. You know, we're trading, we're trading the true binary of male and female for a false binary of affirmation or rejection. It's neither. I mean, I brought up earlier about looking at it from the suffering and the pain standpoint. I mean, I would, I mean, one one thing I would say to, to someone who is struggling with gender dysphoria is gender dysphoria is not a sin. It's, 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 it's a pain. It's a feeling it's caused by things. Could it be caused by sin? Yes. There's that broken leg could be, it could have been broken by any number of causes you're doing. Somebody else is doing just random chance. I don't know. Um, Gender dysphoria is not a sin. You're not weird for going through it. Many more people go through it or have at least felt it in some form or fashion at some point in their life than you realize. Um, and it's okay. You're, you're just a normal human being. You experience brokenness. It's, it's okay. You experience pain. Pain itself is not a sin. Um, wanting to be free from pain is not a sin. Um, it's, it's the natural order of things is to not be in pain. That's how God created us. God created us to not be in pain. Uh, pain was a result of all, you know, it was a result of the fall. Um, and it's natural desire to not be in it. Uh, seeking to escape it at all costs. Uh, yeah, that's a sin. And so what is, so how do we deal with that? Um, yeah, then to some extent, I think in some cases, yeah, sometimes you need a shot of morphine in the leg to figure out how to treat the leg. Um, sometimes, yeah, sometimes people just have to explore it, have to go down it. And I'm not going to make, I'm not going to make a judgment and say that decisions to kind of go exploring aren't sinful. I'm not going to say flat out that they're the worst things in the world either, because God uses them. Um, God uses our sins and our bad decisions to, to help us out. Um, so I think, you know, whether it be from the Christian perspective or the, the right or the right libertarians, it's okay. Let's get off this whole thing where, oh my gosh, this is bad society. This is bad groomer, groomer, groomer. I mean, yes, yes, it's, it's really bad. And yeah, they really are grooming kids into this. They are. And yes, that needs to end. But if you don't, if you don't keep a, a lens on the individual sufferer, you're going to get, you're going to lose them real quick. And they're yeah. just going to say, oh, if you're just telling me I'm being groomed or these people are grooming me, uh, they're, um, they're just going to run away and want to go further into their transition. Um, you have to be like, you have to be with them. And I don't, I don't have a good answer for what that means. Other than I know that people were with me in my life. Yeah. They struggled, they fought back. They didn't reject me. 
I also was open. I didn't outright reject other people. I fought back. And eventually God, I, I kept fight. I kept wrestling with God. And that's all you can do is encourage people to keep wrestling with God. And then to the left libertarians, you know, the, the classical liberal caucus that is saying, oh, you know, keep the government out of things. Okay. Yeah, I agree. Let's, let's keep the government out of things. Um, as an anarchist, I'd be like, yeah, I don't want the government involved in things, but I can also see a minarchist argument for why you'd want to ban such things. Um, but, but here's the thing to, to, to them is like, okay, so if you're just going to keep shooting up on them up on morphine, what if they get addicted and hopelessly addicted and destroy their lives with it? What if they get hooked on and then, and then they end up taking fentanyl and dying? It's like you, you have to also like if you're going to give them access to something that treats the pain, you have to also address the source of the pain. You have a responsibility. Like if you're going to give them the, 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 the free shoot up sites in Philly, the shoot up fentanyl you know, or whatever, you also have to be responsible to actually treat the root cause of the pain too. And so it's like, okay, if you're going to allow people access to quote unquote gender affirming care, you have to, you have to try to treat what's underneath. Uh, Mark Yarhouse wrote a book called Understanding the Transgender Phenomenon. Uh, maybe one of the only and best Christian uh, uh, books on the subject. And I had read it uh, before my transition and, and had agreed with it and, and wanted that to be my, I wanted it to be a, a hope for me, but it was the only, only subject and I, it was the only book that I had read that I had kind of agreed with and didn't find anything else that helped me and basically said, he's like, okay, so, so do what you have to do to ease the pain, but only go as far as you absolutely have to and keep working on what's underneath. And, and maybe eventually you won't, maybe, maybe you'll go far. Maybe you'll go like I did. And I was on hormones for a year and a half and then suddenly found the, the cause and just decided I don't need it anymore. That the pain's, the pain's manageable. Now that I found the, the, the cause of the pain and I'm addressing it, it's actually manageable, manageable. So I think, I think from a Christian standpoint, especially, is I, I think we have a responsibility to to meet people in their pain and help them through that, and don't, you know, don't settle for the cheap response of escaping from pain. Like, okay, like if you feel like you have to make this decision to go on hormones or else you're going to kill yourself, you know, I'd rather you go on hormones than take your life. Uh, like, honest to God, I'd rather you do that. Um, but let, let's keep working. Let's, let's keep exploring. Yeah. Let's keep figuring out the real root of this. For me, it was my self-hatred. It was, it, it was my, uh, it was my self-hatred, my self-rejection. And ultimately, I mean, one thing that Willard would say is self-rejection. I mean, you don't want to sound, I don't want this to be all this like, Ooh, gooey, gooey self-love thing, but no, I, I'm in it. I was made in the image of God. Me rejecting myself is rejecting, it's the ultimate rejection of God because he made me, he made me as an image bearer. And if I reject his creation, I reject him. Yeah. I am saying what you made God is not good when he said it was good. Yeah. So, 
I'd say you just got to be with them in the pain, just just like any other pain. Um, and that's what Jesus did. He yeah. he sat with sinners, and he you know, and I think some people are reluctant to do that because it's like, oh, am I condoning the sin? It's like, well, I mean, was Jesus condoning the sin of the prostitute when he when he when he you know uh, spared her? Was he can you know? I mean, he the Pharisees tried to say like, oh, look, this man, you know, my I think I gosh, I, I feel so cliche. I make the same joke every podcast. Say Jesus was always uh, talked badly about by the Pharisees because he's like he he sits with sinners and tax collectors. Yeah, which is how we know tax collectors are even worse <laughs> than sinners, right? But yeah. uh, <laughs> it's like you know the sinners are sinners are okay, Jesus, but the tax collectors it's just too far. <laughs> um, Eighty-seven thousand IRS agents coming right, after your yeah. Venmo accounts. <laughs> You right, know it's like, well, demonic. While I'm being audited by the IRS, I'm like, hey, let's go get some coffee. Let's go sit down and talk. <laughs> well, uh, how long has it been since your last confession? <laughs> <laughs> but it's like that's uh, yeah. It's like there's no silver bullet. It's just love people, and yeah. loving people shouldn't be like I think you. I think you're right. I think it's not this binary of you're either affirming everything they do or can you know feeling the need to condemn everything that that you find that is wrong and you might be you know rightfully discerning things that they're doing wrong but i think uh the approach needs to be a lot more like i mean look at the story of the prodigal son like the son had to go out into the world and experience that and hit that point where he walked back covered in mud because he had been you know, <laughs> literally with the with the pigs and like and said, you know what? Like, I would rather just be a slave in my father's house than do this. And then we have to be like the father in that story to be like, welcome home, and we love you, and we never wanted you to leave, but we let you leave because you you had to do it. Like, yeah. I think that some people they have to you have to love them, but release them to go on that journey and trust that the Holy Spirit. Will will lead them back in 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 God's own perfect timing, and when that happens, we have to be ready to receive them in love. And yeah. and I, you know, I mean, my and and my my hope and heart is that like, you know, the the time that you spent during that tr- that that journey, when you were you know with the Mises Caucus and stuff, like I, I you know, I I hope that that was the environment that we sort of like created for you and that's what i always you know when when i when i first met you and and was like that it was like really the first time i had been like really confronted with like okay now i have to actually handle this and it was like you know i won't say i did it perfectly i i i i don't know but it's i was always happy with the fact that that our group accepted you in and and there were plenty of us that were probably like you know had mixed feelings about it at the time in terms of like you know we we don't want to you know be misconstrued as saying like well you know gender and ideology and transitioning is what we're about because i think for a lot of us it isn't but it's like we wanted to accept you as a person and not like while you were while while the world would look at you and just define you and your identity by your struggle with your gender, we wanted, and I wanted to define you 
not solely based on that one struggle or that one pain. And I think that that's also part of the equation is like we need to for some people it's like that's that's all they're getting is like they're getting all yep. this feedback of like your identity is your pain and your yep. struggle and we need to try to identify with people like no your identity is so much more than just your pain and your struggle so much more and so much deeper um so uh i'll, I'll give you the last word and and response to what i just said and then we can uh yeah. Uh, and we'll, I'll definitely have to have you back on because there's so many, there, there's like a million different we threads we could go down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I, I've got a, I mean, I, gosh, I mean, I've just, I've learned a lot as well. And you know what I, yeah, to everything you said, I mean, I, I felt very loved and welcome. I, I, I felt like, um, you know, I, I, I felt like, yeah, it wasn't, it was just part of me. It was part of who I was, um, not the whole thing. And, uh, and I think it's, to, to whatever extent that we could, we can help someone who's struggling with it out to that extent to bring them out of this, like, this is who I am. I am a trans person. I am this, I am that. It's like, actually, you're more than that. You are what you are. Like you are what you are. Uh, your struggles are part of that. Uh, you're, pain is part of that your choices are part of that but you're a more holistic human being and um yeah i think the only way to really see healing is to get that whole human being kind of integrated yeah and that's and that's what i was I... lucky enough to have that space um, i was lucky enough i was i was blessed enough with enough introspection um to give myself that space as well and not a lot of people do it's like, oh, a lot of people say, oh, this feels good. I'm going to keep going. For me, it was like, oh, this feels good, but like, I'm still walking around here and I can, I, although I can't feel it, I can tell my leg's still broken, like something, something's wrong. And so, like I said, um, I, I, I was blessed to have gone through what I went through. Also blessed to, to not as go, not go as far as I could have. I lost, I lost a lot. I mean, I lost, I lost a marriage at, at, at this point can't get back i mean i i pray for it um it through tears all the time uh hoping that it could come back but like i i don't know i made i made horrible choices that hurt my wife and me being groomed and being hurt myself isn't an excuse i mean it's an explanation uh and it says oh man i won't go back down this route i see it for right. what it is but it's not an excuse for my choices and yeah. So the only, I mean, the only thing is the only thing that we can do is love. Um, that's all we can do. And I, and I want to love others and help them. I, I want, I want other people to have a choice that I didn't have. And this is, and this is the libertarian aspect of it that I think is key. Right? People, Oh, this isn't a libertarian uh, issue. It's culture war. No, giving people choice is, a libertarian thing it's the it's the core thing to liberty love is a libertarian thing. yeah love is and teaching people to like we always talk about like loving others but I, something you've talked about in your testimony is like learning to love yourself and that's yeah that's 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 hard it's hard for a lot of people to do yeah. and they all we all have our different struggles with trying to find ways to to love ourselves and we all have our our own pains and they're not always things that we can see on the outside because some 
struggles with pain and sin are more internal and, 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 and hidden, and they don't translate to external things all the time, although they, they can in time. But I think the biggest thing is uh, learning to, like, we, we can't give what we don't have. Yeah. And it's like we can we can desperately want to love our neighbors, to love our spouses, to love our children. But if we don't love ourselves yeah. and if we don't believe that God loves us, which I, I think I think we we it's like you, you can't love yourself to you, at least in my experience, like until I really like I grew up in the church and I I prayed all the right things, said all the right things. But until I hit a low point in my life and I really realized like for the first time in like a meaningful way that like like oh god loves me like and god doesn't love me like he thinks i'm perfect like god sees every aspect of my being he sees yep. all of my sin all of my brokenness all of my nakedness every every single time i've lied or cheated or done or 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 hated or or said terrible things or hurt people all of it and he still loves me. He loves me to the point where he died on the cross for me. And because of that, he doesn't like he sees it, but it's also he doesn't see it. He sees he sees me through the yep. the righteousness that his blood purchased. And I think it's like once that really hits, it's like wow, God loves me. God forgives me. If God can forgive me and I can't forgive myself, it's like well, and, and intellectually, it's like I get that, but every day you, you got to live it. It's like you got to get up and just choose to, and and we, we didn't have time to get into this, and this might be something we can do next time is like love isn't just like a feeling. It's like it's, it's an, it is a lifestyle. Like yep. loving yourself is like all, is, is everything from in terms of your prayer life to your, uh, your mental health to even your physical health and taking care of your body. I mean, the idea that like our bodies are like temples and it's like, um, our church just went through like the book of Hebrews and we were studying like the old tabernacle and the temple and all the different rituals and things that they went through. And it's like, you know, if we, if that's what they did with the tabernacle and the temple when there was the separation from God, but now we're the temple that the Holy spirit dwells in. We gotta take care of our. I'm not saying it's like we're. I'm not saying we have to go out and sacrifice animals and cover ourselves in incense, but like we have to do the sort of like metaphorical equivalent, the allegorical equivalent to like if 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 God said for these temples and stuff for His Holy Spirit to dwell in had to have these certain things done to prepare the space and to take care of it, we have to view ourselves as temples, and and take that same time and effort for 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 self-care and self-love because yeah. God loves us and and chooses to dwell in us and it's like that that is those are the things that that Christians and libertarians need to focus on yeah. I think because that that's where true freedom comes from yep. uh, it's like it's like it, it it's hard to put it in exact words but like true freedom comes from uh not seeking to just follow every base desire but through yeah. sur surrendering that to to something greater i yeah. mean it, it's hard to put in exact words but it's like that th that that true freedom comes from that complete surrender to the uh, to 
to to God's love and to to be transformed by that. Yeah, there's true freedom is internal, not external. Um, yeah. and there's no greater love than you know one who would lay down his life for his friends. And yeah. uh, in the words of the immortal DC Talk, uh, love is a verb. Yeah. <laughs> that's a that's a that's a perfect way to end it. Uh, Torin, uh, man, we've been talking for like yeah, like almost two and a half hours, three hours yeah. now between both streams. But uh, uh, people, uh, where can people follow you? You have your little Twitter handle there. It's uh, at tb uh, tpdnwsk. Yep. Uh, so is that is that uh, anywhere? Any other thing else you want to plug before? Yeah, we, uh... mostly that, and then I've got a Substack writing about my experience. Uh, tpdanowski.substack.com. Um, I need to do some more. Uh, need to do some more writing there, but uh, got a few articles up and a few things to check out. Um, but yeah, just right now, Twitter. Yeah, it's my. It's like it's like TP Danowski, but it's just without the vowels um, on Twitter. And, and yeah, uh, check that out if you want to have like uh, a great resource. Anybody that's like questioning, like needs help, um, check out Genspect, G-E-N-S-P-E-C-T dot org. Um, they're doing a lot of great work that they're just seeking to love uh, people on their journey. Um, so I'd check them out if you're, you're looking for specific resources. Cool. Awesome. And I, yeah. I'm sorry for people in the chat. There were a lot of good comments. I just didn't have time to go through and read them during <laughs> the stream, but there was there was a, a lot of good stuff in the comments. And uh, um, yeah, definitely we'll have Torn back on to go more into this stuff. But uh yeah, no. I, listen, man. It, it's it, it's yeah, a, it's a it's a it is a pleasure and a privilege to to know you and to be your friend and to uh, be able to you know open up my my humble platform. It's not the biggest <laughs> in the world, but it's it's a uh, it's grown it's grown a little bit since you were last on. And I, I I just I love that I can have people like you on and just try to just spread this ideas of of love and yeah. self love and peace and 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 freedom uh you know it, it, i mean those ideas are are at the core of of both of our you know, of, of libertarian anarchism and christianity and i love that that we can connect all these things and hopefully it's a blessing to the people listening in and so i uh, thank you again for your time tonight to to sit down and talk and i think uh i want to thank everyone who took time to listen and uh yeah we will uh be back again next week with another episode but until then remember to uh go out there and don't fear the fire <laughs> and let's uh L lgbtq plus let's get biden to quit plus combo yes <laughs> <laughs> yes that is an lgbtq i can get behind <laughs> all right peace y'all talk to you next week if you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.